but it is so fun to look back to the elements of my story and go, oh my goodness, this is why I was there. And if I hadn't done this, then I wouldn't have done this. Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Tried and Truth Podcast. I absolutely love Behind the Brand episodes for so many reasons, so I'm thrilled that you would join me on this conversation with Mallory Martin. She is the founder of Mended, which is a social impact brand that economically empowers survivors of modern day slavery. Fascinating story. Love this conversation and love what she has created and know that everyone will find something in this story, which is why I love these episodes so much. Whether you love supporting small businesses, you've got a globally conscious spirit about how you consume, you have an entrepreneurial spirit, or you just love supporting those that do, you will enjoy this truth-filled conversation so much and have so many just moments of wisdom and aha moments as the story of Mended unfolds and you see how everything is pieced together in our lives so beautifully. Mallory, thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. So good to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Okay. So this is really fun how I kind of found out about you and all the fun things that you're doing. And I know we've talked about your story, but I would love for you to share your story because I think there's so many pieces that I want to be able to unpack for listeners that there's just something in it for everybody. And so I would love for you just to share a little bit about yourself and your story and what you've started. That's incredible. Oh, thank you. It's so sweet uh, that people care. What a, what a delight and what an honor. Um, so I have a company called Mended and we are a block printing company. We work with survivors of modern day slavery in South Asia to produce an array of textiles, mostly home goods, but are testing the waters with several different products. But the journey to get here has been quite a fun one and um, lots of curves and bumps and windy roads along the way, but been doing this for about two years. Um, so that's why, I, that's why we're here is that I've started this fun journey, started in September of 2020, um, but really have pressed the gas pedal for the last 12 months or so. In, in mended. Yeah. That's so cool. And I know that there's kind of a story behind the story yeah. of how this door ever opened. And I let's, let's talk yeah. about the story. Okay. Great. <laughs> there's so many open doors. I'll start kind of, I'll speed through the beginning and then narrow in on when it gets really fun. But I grew up in Missouri, born and raised in the St. Louis area, moved to Dallas after grad school and worked in sports for nine years, doing an array of different roles, but ended up in sales. So kind of a corporate advertising sales roles. worked for a college sports marketing company, and then worked for the Dallas stars NHL team selling corporate advertising um, and really loved it. What a journey, what a fun industry to be in. The sports industry is so exciting and constantly changing. Um, but when I had kiddos, I realized that that industry wasn't going to be the easiest for maintaining some balance that I had really desired at that time. And so I thought I needed to switch gears and find something more flexible. I thought about real estate, pharmaceutical sales, anything that would kind of keep me working full time, but also allow a little bit more flexibility. Um, and I saw this ad pop up on LinkedIn for a nonprofit called International Justice Mission which is currently the world's largest anti-slavery nonprofit in the world. And I saw it and honestly, Annika, I was so um, distraught by seeing it because I 
pretty instantly knew that this was what I was supposed to pursue. But I had this weird callous against nonprofits. I, I think I read too many articles in grad school about nonprofits don't actually solve problems. Uh, there's a lot of misallocation of funds. No one brilliant actually goes to work for a nonprofit. And so there was just something in my brain that was pretty anti going into the nonprofit space. But it was pretty clear that the Lord wanted me to do this. So I pursued it. And once I met the people that were working for IJM and how brilliant they are and how they could have done anything in their career and they all left their former careers to go pursue this mission. Um, I was sold totally instantly. Like, this is what I'm going to go do. So I worked for IJM for seven years doing um, strategic partnerships. So I got to work with super generous families in North Texas that give a lot of money to this work and support the work of IJM in a plethora of ways, but a lot of which are financial. Um, and it was just the joy of my life. I mean, they meeting families that are generous is one of the coolest experiences that you can have. Um, so during this role, I got to travel to South Asia to bring donors over to see the work that they had been funding. And on that trip, we met survivors. Uh, and I had been to other field offices through this role, but this particular role, meeting these survivors who had come out of um, a form of slavery called bonded labor, uh, where generations had to work to pay off a $30 debt that was um, actually uh, false. And they were beaten if they tried to leave. Their kids couldn't go to school. Um, beaten if they didn't meet their quota. Barely fed that day. I mean, horrific circumstances. Um, IJM had helped along with local government, helped rescue those families out of slavery. But then still their journey forward is really hard to find meaningful, sustainable work that allows them to reduce the vulnerability of going back into slavery is just a really difficult journey. Um, so I had met, I met these survivors who had been telling their stories for years. They were joyful. They were courageous and bold. They were now going on rescue operations for others that had been in slavery. I mean, they were just the coolest group of men and women. And I, I fell in love with them and their story. And so went back, came back to Dallas. Um, life goes on. COVID hits. And I learned that some of those women were sewing masks for their community members. And me and my husband decided, what if we just buy a thousand masks? What if we just give them a little bit of work, test a project and who knows what we'll do with the masks, but let's just buy them. Let's just figure it out. <laughs> and so we did. And the masks were beautiful. The process of working with them was really fun. And so my heart just started beating faster when I thought about what this could look like. Um, and so then in September of 2020 is when I learned about block printing. That's actually September 1st is the day that one of my best friends came over, told me about block printing. And I instantly knew that that was the path forward because I was, I knew and was hopeful that masks weren't going to be the product moving forward. I had a little, little bit of hope that that wasn't going to be the forever product. Um, and so I learned about block printing and that's kind of where the journey began of actually building Mended. 
I get chills hearing the oh. story. I like, there's just, there's just so many pieces to it that I'm just like smiling the whole time you're telling this story Thank you. because I think, you know, we, we feel like, okay, whatever we're pursuing, it's forever, right? You're going to be in sales. It's forever. You go work in, you know, the sports marketing and sales and all these different things. And yet like, there are all these pieces that come together to create something where you've right. pulled skills from all these places and open doors. And I think for so many people, especially when we say, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? And I always say, whatever you're doing right now, you're supposed to be doing Amen. all the amen, but with like open ears and open eyes. And like you said that when you said the part that your heart started beating. Mm-hmm. And I think we always say like the appetizer version, like tease out those dreams or tease out those desires and start something small. And I think for yeah. a lot of people, we have these really large dreams, these really big things we want to accomplish, but it's going to take these small steps where we learn and grow and trial and error along the way. But there's that moment where all that culminates together and creates this little fire in our souls that say, this is it. Yeah. This is it. And you weren't a professional block printer. Oh God. (laughs) You weren't, you know, you weren't a seamstress sewing up Mm -mm. the stuff, but you saw an opportunity. You saw a passion of yours. You felt, you know, all these pieces and said, okay, if this, we try to kind of package skills, desires, passions, strengths, opportunities, and put it all together. Let's just see if there's a demand for it. And then something is born. Yes. And it's, I just, I love that. It is. I love that. It's so beautiful to, to think about because I mean, part of the very realness of starting businesses, I have no idea uh, what I did. I did not know what block printing was. I am not up to date on current trends or designs. I had never worked in retail. Like you could stack up all of the cons (laughs) in my pros and cons list. I'm like, why was she starting a business? But I can fully embrace the couple of strengths that I have um, and know that those were going to be helpful, the relationships I had built, um, some sales skills, et cetera. And then there was just this overwhelming confidence that was given to me of this is it. And I, part of my story too, is that I had longed to start a business for like, 15 years. As, as soon as I knew what business was, I was like, I want to do that. I just want to build. But it is so fun to look back at each of the elements of my story and go, oh my goodness, this is why I was there. And if I hadn't done this, then I wouldn't have done this. Like for instance, the folks at the college sports marketing company that I worked for, two of those men that were my bosses are now on my advisory board, walking closely with me as mentors and helping me build mended. And they're the ones that at first told me I should sell, go pursue sales. And I was like, absolutely not. No way. Like I do not want to sell. That feels terrifying. And they would tell me over and over and I just ignored them. Then I move to the NHL team where I was supporting a salesman and I would go with him to each of his meetings. And I started realizing like, oh my gosh, I can do that. I can, I can sell. All it is is relationships. Like 95% of sales is relationships. 5% of the time you got to talk about money. You got to wheel and deal, but it is a relationship. And without that experience at the NHL team, I would not have felt confident to sell. And without sales, 
I would not have gotten the job at IJM because they needed that relationship skill set in order to do fundraising. And you just look and you're like, oh, and without sales, without IJM and without that experience, I would never have been able to start Mended. That's how I fell in love with the mission, et cetera. And so though that longing to build something was there from the very beginning, like the Lord strategically used each experience along the way to make me ready for this experience. And it's just so fun. It's so fun because I was really frustrated and impatient along the way. It's like, I would come up with these dumb ideas, Annika. I mean, dumb ideas that I would bring to my husband. I've had those too. And it's I'm okay. Like, oh, we should do, a, you know, a taco lock. He's like, what? I mean, just an instrument that folds a flour tortilla so that it doesn't fall apart on your plate. And I mean, I was stuck on that idea for months. And he's like, I don't feel like that's, I don't feel like that's the idea. I'm like, okay. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> Well, I think whether, you know, for those people that are listening, I feel like whether you have that entrepreneurial spirit, I think it's very encouraging to hear this message of these pieces are being woven together. Keep that desire alive. But maybe you don't have that entrepreneurial spirit, but you're one of the other two camps of people, right? The people that say, I have a friend that really has this desire to do something. Mm, Right. But they're afraid, right? They're afraid that they don't have all the pieces that they need. And I think to be that person to come alongside of them and support them in that and saying, there are so many stories of people who just stepped out faithfully using everything that they had, which was exactly what they needed to start. And the other pieces kind of fell into place. And the third camp of people that say, I just love this story and I want to like support businesses like this that are, you know, just stepping out in desires and in passions. And I always just feel like if the whole world is just stepping out in their desires and their passions and their gifts, like how much more of a fulfilling Uh, place would this place be? Like the teachers that love teaching, amazing, right? (laughs) The people that you, you see that are doing work that they love really makes a difference in just like the quality of life that everybody, all, all of us as consumers have. Oh my gosh. because we're all made so differently and we're going to have different stories and different journeys. And I tell my bookkeeper on a very regular basis that she is my hero. Like, what would I do without people that thrived in numbers? What would I do without people that could bring organization to my chaos? I mean, I love it when people become self-aware and understand their strengths because Honestly, that is what led me to be ready to start this journey was understanding that I'm a builder. I didn't love taking something from an eight to a nine. I love taking something from a zero to a one. And I didn't know that and understand that about myself until just a few years ago. Right. I mean, so once you start to understand what makes your heart beat faster and what brings you joy there's freedom there. Like there's joy and the ability to walk forward um, in newness of life. It's really fun. It's fun. And it's fun to watch people embrace that. For sure. No, I love that. You mentioned two things. You mentioned confidence. You may Mm -hmm. mention sales skills. I'm just curious if you feel like in your past, whether that's through education or certain roles, if there was a particular, just a skill that you feel like, I don't know what I would have done without this. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage everybody to go acquire this skill or be around people who are thriving in this just to help build that up? Uh, Would you say it's one of those or something different that comes to mind? I mean, sales, I think is one to mention because it can be really scary um, and people can shy away from it. So I, I for sure want to mention sales because I think it's important 
if you're building a business or if you're doing anything in life, that skill set. Now, my skill set was more relationship sales. So not the not the cold calling, not the list of 100 people and, and jamming it out. It's, it's the skill of long-term relationship sales. However, I think there's a subset to that skill that everybody should work to develop regardless of what path they're choosing. And that's the curiosity. Um, that's good. Trait or skill of when someone just lives in curiosity um, in their career or in their relationships, it makes people feel so loved. Like if I'm curious about you and your story and why you started this podcast and what your family is like and what, like that makes you feel loved. Just like when somebody asks me about Mended or somebody asks me about my family, like that makes me feel loved. But the way to be genuine in that is to, to, develop this muscle of curiosity. I am actually curious about this journey of starting this podcast. I am actually curious about my friend's insurance business. Tell me what insurance is like these days. What do you love about it? What do you like my brother's in insurance? And I'm just asking those questions. Is insurance the most exciting industry? Maybe not, but there are so many elements of it that can be super fascinating you just have to have that muscle of curiosity, which is the cornerstone of sales, in my opinion. Um, so I, I talk yeah, about that's that a, a lot. That's because- a great one. And I think that's that's an easy muscle to flex. Yeah. It's so much easier than I think we think it is. That's right. Even just things that your kids are interested in that sound like the most yes. just ugh, boring, <laughs> totally. boring things I do not care about. I don't want to learn about, but it's just building that relationship yeah. through that curiosity and acting interested. And like you said, even just, even just in day-to-day stuff, like ask more questions and the world I come from, we always say, ask open-ended questions that questions should not end in yes or no. That's right. right. Tell me me your story. Tell me what it's like, you know? And I think the more that we learn about other people, I just, I feel like it opens our mind just to new new ideas, new things. It broadens our horizons. It just helps That's us right. engage more in the world around us. I love that skill. I love that you skill. have mentioned that because I don't think that's something that we think we think of when it's starting and a business, it, you know, it it's totally. like, okay, I got to have an MBA and I've got to have, oh, you know, right. I've got to know, like you said, design, I have to know all these things. It's like, no, you have everything that you need. If there's this desire placed within you, you know, you're going to get to that place, that's but right. just, just start with a life of curiosity, ask mm-hmm. questions be in relationships. So good. And and yeah, I think it's the foundation for sales. And it's also the foundation of just living in great community and having strong relationships. Um, so yeah, I would say sales, but then I would comma based in curiosity, right? Like this beautiful skill of curiosity. That's beautiful. No, that's, that's really, really good. I'm glad you shared that. Um, as an entrepreneur, do you feel like there's something you wish you would have told yourself sooner <laughs> in this journey? <laughs> oh yeah. So many things. And I'm still so new in this journey. Um, so I'm, I am one of my favorite things is that I am actually learning so much every single day. And that's been life-giving, but I think and I, and I did know this sooner because my mentor told one of my two mentors from my early careers told me this. I mean, day one, I told him about the idea of Mended and he said, Hey, and he comes from a finance background. He said, 
I want you to know that cash flow is going to be one of your biggest obstacles. I was like, well, that's in my brain, like, whatever, that feels so pessimistic. And okay. Yeah. Like I just kind of took it and brushed it off. And I would say one of the things I have learned so quickly is that running a business is actually much more expensive than you would assume it to be. I assumed raw material, labor, and some shipping costs, and that the sales of one order would help me with the purchase of my next batch of linens from the survivors. And that's actually just comical now, now that I'm in it for a while. I'm like, oh, that was cute little Mallory, like pat myself on the back. You were so cute when you thought that that was how this was going to work. So I wish I would have fully understood that sooner. I also feel like this, and people have said this. I mean, I can, I'm saying it right now on your podcast and people will listen to this and it will still be something they've got to learn on their own, which is this can be a really lonely journey. Uh, I left an organization with 1100 employees, brilliant people that I love dearly, who are all working in the same direction on the same mission. And then I felt this calling, urging confidence to stay in mission, but play a different role and be on my own doing it. And that was just really hard. I'm a people person. I want to work in community. I want people around me um, confirming or denying the ideas that I have. And it's just an interesting journey of loneliness. But once you grow, you can add people to your team. And that's been a sweet gift of whether that's contract workers that have been consistent along the way, or we are looking to hire somebody that can kind of be my right-hand person and help me with a plethora of things so that that's fun to build a team. But for a while, you're just doing it, convincing yourself that this is still a good idea Uh, and that this is still what I'm supposed to be doing. So I would say those two things have been, it's like I, people told me and I knew them in my brain, but then I learned them. And I think that was the only way to do it. Like you can say it over and over, but until you've learned them yourself, I don't know that it sinks in. That's Uh, Yeah, that's really true. I think for some people that just start something from the very beginning, it's a very different experience than when you've been around so many people that challenge you and provide feedback. (laughs) You get a performance review and that's right. All of that when it's like, okay, I got to like review myself (laughs) and I got to spend a lot of money. And how am I doing spending that money? You know, but a lot of truths in that, you know, I think you have to spend money to make money. And I think for me, I think that's something that I have had a harder time learning along the way as my husband, I have kind of ventured in all kinds of fun ventures, but you know, for me, I always just felt like growing up in the family I grew up in, we always tried to save money and I could just do it myself. I'll figure out a way to do it myself. And so then it takes longer. It's not always done right. Or then I put that up as a barrier saying, I can do it myself, but I actually don't know how to do it. So I'm just not going to do anything. And so finding that healthy balance, which my husband has been so wonderful in doing is like, you have to spend Mm. money to make money. (laughs) And I I think you have to have that in being working in nonprofit hospitals, you know, at the end of the day, we would say we can give away, you know, free care to a county, but like, we still have to make money, (laughs) right? You still have to make money and you can do good and you still have to be able to pour in and, you know, pay equitable wages and have fair market value for staff and 
pour into the growth of your people to keep your people. Like there's still so many costs that go into it that you really have to think about that. Like you said, nobody talks about. (laughs) Nobody talks about that. You know, it's like, oh, go, go, go start a blog. Okay. But you have to buy a domain and you have to buy the thing. Or even if you're selling something on Instagram, it's like, you got to buy all the little things that link to the things, you know, everything. Buy the the photography that makes it look cool. That is no joke. No one's buying it if it's a bad photo. (laughs) Yes. So it is, it is. I think there's just, there's really good honest truths in that, that I think are are really healthy to hear that it costs money to make money. And, and yes, like it is going to be that lonely journey. And I've had a couple of entrepreneurs on the podcast and I think that's just, they always just say, it's so nice to just talk to other entrepreneurs and to hear, cause you just feel like you're alone in it. When you say, I want to go, you know, start a healthy cleaning product business, or I want to go create, you know, these non-toxin candles or a pie company. It's like your friends just yeah. say, Oh, okay. That's great. That's good for you. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, they kind of give you a round of applause, but it's like, there is a lot of work yeah. that goes into that, that people don't necessarily see. And so it can right. feel very, very isolating and lonely, but just to know that you're surrounded by so many other people that that do that kind of stuff. You just don't necessarily see it in your everyday. And it all started somewhere. Oh yeah. I mean, just the filling out of the application to the state of Texas (laughs) to let me be an LLC. I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, (laughs) it's just those small steps. It's like, you just have to do it. Right. I mean, the dream is big. My dream for Mended is scale and growth. And because that means more survivors can have meaningful work before scale and growth, was applying for an LLC. It was setting up something in a Shopify. It was actually making a round of linens that were pretty terrible at the beginning, right? Like you just, it's, you have to take that first step, which can be really terrifying in order to get to the big dream, right? For sure. But it's a, yeah. Yeah. There's like a, a marketing guy, Seth Godin. He always just like, he wrote a book called just ship the work. And it's like, just, just start it, you know, just, yeah. just start it. And it's going right. to be a little bit messy at first, but like you said, it's, you got to yeah. make the first round to know what the second round's going to be. And I love like the That's quote right. that just says like success is all beta. Like we're always in this constant state mm. of, of just trying and learning from that and growing from that. And so I, I love that, that you've kind of just shed some light on, on that journey. Um, what do you feel like has been like the most just life giving part of this whole journey for you? Like, what is the thing that just keeps mm. you going? What a great question. I, feel so confident this is what I'm supposed to do that that is actually giving me life and giving me joy I've had so many great jobs up until this point loved my co-workers and bosses along the way truly in every role but this is actually the most fun I've ever had and the day-to-day figuring out the problems and solving the problems and placing the next order. I mean, like I'm getting ready to place our 17th order and just typing out like, Hey, we're going to buy 650 tea towels or like 2000 sets of napkins. Like that is so cool. And that's giving me life because I know that that's work for the next several months for these men and women. We have 18 survivors right now that are regularly printing for us. We're hoping to train another 10 this fall. Um, and that that is giving me life. We just did our very first big photo shoot 
um, in South Asia with our survivors. And so I'm waiting in the next few days to get those stories because they express in video what this work has offered them and their family. And that's giving me life. Like that is the reason I'm doing this. And as long as it continues to, I've kind of got a threefold checks and balances of as long as Mended continues to glorify God, actually benefit survivors and bring me joy, then I'm in. If it fails to do one of those things, that will be a red flag. And if it continues to fail doing those three things, then I want the whole thing to fail. I don't actually want to continue doing this if it's not glorifying God, if it's not led by him, if it's not actually bringing impact to survivors. And if my joy is gone, that sounds kind of flippant. That sounds kind of like um, secondary, but I am, I want to do the work that the Lord has made me to do. Right. And I don't mean happy. I don't mean like constantly in a good mood about it. I mean like that deep joy of this is what I was made to do. And if it's no longer doing that, then I've got to check that out. And if it, if that's a consistent thing for a while, like, okay, time to move on. I don't know what that means, but if those three things continue, then I'm hoping it can grow and hoping it can scale. That's great. So as you kind of look at that litmus test, I love that you have that. If there's like an obstacle that comes between one of those, or there's a challenge, what are like, how do you prepare yourself to face that obstacle or face that challenge? There's something like an affirmation that you tell yourself, is there examples you go back to and just kind of push through with courage or how do you push through to make sure that you've fully sought out each of those? So far it's, I haven't had to yet. Um, I think, well, and I'll never know. I will never be in constant knowledge of the first two, like I, the glorifying the Lord, like I think, unless he makes it known that it's not, um, part of that, and this is going probably too much information, (laughs) probably too much, but like that element, Annika is something that is my own checks and balances of, I really don't want this to be about Mallory. I do not want this to be glorifying myself. And I think so often when somebody starts a business, it can be, for sure. and it can, you can do the podcast, you can write the posts, you can do photo shoots with yourself. Like there's a really interesting balance of, I understand that I'm the founder of this company and that I am needed to tell the story in order for it to grow and to get more work for the survivors. But I don't want it to be about me. So I am struck. I'm really trying to find that balance between I want it to glorify the Lord. And I know I have to be the one telling the story. How do I do that? Well, like, and I don't know that answer. I'm, yeah. And so it's a constant conversation with the Lord of help me do this well, because when it becomes about me, I'm out. Like I, I that can ruin my family. It can ruin this mission. It can ruin myself and let pride get in the way. Like that is going to be something ongoing that I want to learn. I want to figure out. I want to keep being acutely aware of. So that's, that's that. That's my 
checks and balance. And then the benefiting survivors, I have the, a team in South Asia that's working with the survivors and they will keep me aware of, All of that. are they overworked? Are they, is this not actually benefiting them? Kind of what's the, the situation there. But I also have an advisory board um, that I was able to put in place with just brilliant, like, creme de la creme people that I admire so much that have all said yes to walking with me in this. And my hope for them is that they can help me be that checks and balance is that I, that they can raise the red flags. I told them, I want you to look under the hood and that's great. Raise all the flags. Like, please raise the flags. That is the point because I'm doing this right now by myself. And so I need them to be doing that. No, that's great. And I think even like for that, that last piece too, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, there are those challenges and obstacles that come of the way of burnout, right? Like it's, you pursue something and yeah. then it, it's hard, but I feel like when you have all those other pieces in place, it's, you know, I think Bob Goff's kind of talked a little bit about this and I've seen it in some books, like you have two green lights, like you just keep going <laughs> when the two right. green lights right. are there, at least there's enough to kind of keep you moving forward and building that, that momentum. So right. no, I think that's great just to have those pieces in place. I always call it like fail forward. It's like, you got to kind of think right, about right. Like, what's going to happen when that happens. Cause sometimes like we didn't have good sleep that night. Our kids are going through a hard time. Life around us is happening. Our emotions are high. And so just being mentally prepared for when those things come to help push us forward and have checks and balances, like the bumpers along the way to help us keep pulling yeah. our lane in and making things happen. <laughs> so no, I listen, I love bowling with bumpers. There's nothing better than bowling. There is bumpers, nothing so better. Like, right? There is always something going analogy. down. Yeah. <laughs> Bring me the bumpers. Also bring me that slide that they give for the kids. That is like, my you, child. You set it up right in the center. You put the down yeah. the slide, face forward. He's not bowling. He is the bowling ball going down that slide. So no, I, I love that. Um, I have two kind of last questions as we kind of wrap up. One of them okay. just as a mom, how do you, is there anything that you've kind of learned or how do you just balance pursuing dreams and also being a really great mom? <laughs> question of the century, right? Is how do we, <laughs> how do you do it all? Do <laughs> and have I come up with an answer? No, no, I haven't. But I do feel like this idea of embracing both keeps coming mm, to mind. Both of, and. Yes. And that's okay. That's good. I love my children and my family. Like I love them. I want to be with them. I want to go to every single activity that they're doing. And I love working. I love this thing that I'm getting to build. And I don't want to stop doing that at this moment. So I'm currently able to embrace both. And I think there are going to be seasons and there have been seasons where there's flexibility and I get to do work. And I get to be at all my kids' things. And what a delight. Like, I'm so happy for those seasons of flexibility. And then there are and there will be seasons of inflexibility. Like, nope, I have to go to South Asia for nine days. And that's going to be really hard on my family. But are my kids going to have the best time with their dad? Yeah, they're going to have a blast. And he's fully capable of managing those nine days. Like, let's remember the dads are not babysitters. Like they are parents, fully capable Such human beings. Yes. Oh my goodness. And they have so many people in their life that love them and that can help take care of it. I mean, it is a village. And so I'm going to fully embrace this trip that I'm going to take that will be for a long time because it's going to help 
catapult this other dream of mine. And I think that just fully embracing both and being present where you, I mean, everybody says this and it couldn't be more true of being present in whichever one you are at that moment. When I'm home, I try my very best and I fail, but I'm trying my best to be present with my children. And when I'm at work, I'm really saying that and I'm in order to spend as much time with my kids during the workday, I'm saying no to everything else. Like really, I am saying no to almost everything else that could invade that workday so that I can fully work while my, while my kids are at school and then fully be home. And that means that I've, I learned last year, have I said yes to a, a few things related to the school that I loved doing, but it was invading the work time where that I really needed to do this so that I could spend more time with my kids. And so I've learned this year, I have said no to all of the extra things so that I could fully say yes to this. And that's just, that's hard to do, but you kind of got to embrace both of those two things with full gusto. I think that's really encouraging for people that are listening that feel like I have a desire to work or I enjoy working. And I feel like there's guilt usually associated with that of like, I have to pick either or. And I do think there is always a cost, but I do think you can creatively figure out how to do both. And if both of those things are incredibly life-giving and you have the support that you need. And I, I just think it's encouraging to know that you can have both and and you really can't yes no that's no are you gonna do them excellently in certain seasons no but that's okay too I mean do I want my kids with this growing up with this notion that mom's perfect no that's a total facade like they're gonna know that mommy messes up and I'll ask for forgiveness and we'll chat through that but my mom worked growing up and I don't think I hold any inner bitterness towards her. I love that she worked and I loved getting to tell people what she does. And I love getting to explain to my kids what I'm doing and bring them. My daughter has bring gone to market with story me for sure. Me. Yeah. Like let's, let's raise up some retailers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, and I, and I love um, hearing, especially for entrepreneurs, just kind of their take on success. Cause I think a lot of guests on my mm-hmm. podcast, I've got some that are entrepreneurs and some that are authors and all kinds of things. But I think when people truly have a business, I love hearing mm-hmm. how they view success. Cause I think that feeds into what you bring the story you bring your kids into right? You're showing them what does it look like to live this successful life? And so how do you pursue that quote unquote idea of success? Yeah. I I mean, I think it goes back to several of things we've already kind of touched on, but I think you're going to live in your version of success when you can understand how you're built and what brings you joy. My version of success is going to be very different from yours. Mended success versus Mallory's success is also going to look different. My version is I know I'm wired to build something. And now I have this confidence that this is what I'm supposed to go build. So my version of success is walking in faith to go do that. Mended success. I've got some big dreams for this little thing. (laughs) And, And so the growth in scale, I've kind of set up goals for that for the next three years. And so mended success is that by the end of next year or the year after we've got a hundred survivors that are receiving meaningful work. That's going to be one of the two or three key metrics for mended success. But in general, as 
an individual. I think it's the success is how am I wired and am I faithfully walking in that gifting? Um, that's and then so I feel good though, like, even just thinking about, you know, each of our kids, like they're watching us live out success, but yes. letting them grow up knowing that they're each uniquely wired and they're different. And how can yes. I steward or shepherd that to a place that is their version of the fullness of what they're put on this earth to do? I think that's fabulous. Yes. I love that. And the earlier we can figure it out, the better. Sure. But did I know any of this when I was in college? No. When I was getting my MBA, no, I had no. Don't clue. you think we just right. need a you class on like all the things that school does not teach oh. you that you need in life? <laughs> yes, like so a self, which sounds so silly, but like let's figure out what each of you are good at, and then walk. Through. I would love for my kids to kind of start to understand that before they go to college, because should they even go to college? That's different. different college yes, uh, yes, like, for sure. Different conversation. Yes, um, we could for sure. Have. <laughs> yes, let's do another one. We'll do another let's one. That. But it just. <laughs> Each of my kids are so different. And so be able to teach them. It's not about starting a business and watching it and grow. And doing what mommy or daddy did. Dad. It's doing what you're here to do. Even if I don't understand that, That's right. it's it's okay. Kind of right. like we said, it's like the entrepreneur okay. journey, right? Like you just, you're not going to necessarily understand those desires or just that curiosity. Have the curiosity right. about how you're wired. Start there yes. and then have a curiosity about, you know, other people too. And I think when you put those two together, it can create some pretty great fireworks. So, oh, so, yeah. so, so good. Okay. Tell us where people can find you in person, online shop, see the stories, yes. all the things. Oh, how fun. So coming up soon, I will be mended. will have a booth in Dallas at the Chi Omega Christmas market starting November 16th. And then also one in Austin starting November 16th. We are going to have so many fun uh, products on our website, which is mended.co, C-O, um, and then also on Instagram, mended underscore co. And we'll just, it's going to be a busy season. Holidays and retail are a whole thing that I'm learning. Um, so we'll have lots of fun ways to find us there. I love that. Well, I will share all that in the show notes and thank you for inviting us into your story and just sharing stories behind the story. I think, like I said, I think there's something in this conversation for everyone. And so we are just so grateful for you sharing and taking the time to mm. tell us more of your story. And now we can go check out all the fun stuff. What a great story and what an encouraging conversation with Mallory. I hope you'll go check out Mended. Um, but before you do, I want to leave you with today's truths and takeaways in case you missed any of them. Number one, whatever you're supposed to be doing right now, you're doing it. Number two, we're all gifted differently and wired differently, and that in and of itself is a gift. Number three, everything is being pieced together for something. Nothing is wasted. It'll all come together for something. Number four, each open door you walk through opens the door to the next. Number five, live in greater curiosity about yourself and about others. Number six, think about a simple way you can further understand what brings you joy and how you're built this week and create awareness around that moment. Number seven, create a litmus test for your pursuits. And number eight, entrepreneurship can be a very lonely journey and know that you're not alone if you're on this journey. And if you don't necessarily find yourself on that entrepreneurial journey, I would encourage you to find a way to come alongside of someone who is taking that leap. Take them out to coffee, go support their business, send them just some words of encouragement. 
Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode. I hope that you'll take a few quick seconds to either share this episode with a friend, go check out Mended, or take a few quick seconds to leave some feedback on this episode. Have an awesome day and until next time. Bye.